Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 155th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. We just have an absolutely jam-packed episode today. This is one of my favorite episodes of the year, just going through all the players, all the breakouts, all the sleepers, all the everything. So It's just cool that we have like favorite episodes of the year yeah because we've been this will be our third like season preview it's very exciting yeah it's a good one lots of lots of info to throw at you oh yeah we're breaking down all the relevant players we're gonna actually have to not talk about some of the relevant players because they're just gonna be too many um but we're gonna go through the different position groups uh talk about who we think is gonna contribute and rank the position groups give you some breakout candidates uh before we do all of that though don't forget to check us out on youtube and if you are watching on youtube please hit the subscribe button uh we're getting more and more subscribers we're loving it we appreciate all of you uh hit the subscribe button also um producer cameron we have a special request from our new patreon supporters uh, they would like you to give the shout out to them at the top of the show. Alrighty, shout out to our new Patreon supporters, Parker and Daddy JD. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. Well says. done. Uh, hope you enjoy that shout out, fellas, uh, and thanks for your support. Uh, they hopped in at the perfect time. Not a coincidence. They are in for the fantasy football league. Um, they signed up at the $10 tier on Patreon. That first $10 payment is your entry fee to the Fantasy Football League. And if you're interested in that, the deadline is the end of this month, the end of August. You have to sign up by then, um, and then we'll be doing a draft right there the, the first week of uh, September. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be off to the races. Not much time left to sign up for the Fantasy Football League, but go to patreon.com slash Pod patreon.com slash missouri sports pod to sign up for the league and look at all the other perks there's other options if you're not interested in fantasy football there's other stuff that you might be interested in over there as well a couple more spots for fantasy football yeah there, I'm we, excited. we're going we're shooting for a 10 team league and uh we don't have very many spots left so if you have been waiting now's the time to jump in now is also the time to jump on board with the podcast or introduce it to Mizzou fans that don't know about us yet. Um, if you're like me, then you have like relatives or friends that midway through the season act like they want to know what's up with Mizzou football. And if you are also like me, it can sometimes be uh, not the most fun trying to get them up to speed on what who all the players are or what to expect in the upcoming games and stuff like that. So just direct them our way. We'll take care of all of that for you. We'll tell them all... This is a perfect episode to start because we're going to break down all the players. Next week, we're doing the schedule, and everybody will know uh, what to expect come week one. It's almost that time. Uh, Kyle, now, before we jump into the player previews, let's talk about the biggest news of the week, um, and that is our friend, Luther Burden. He made a decision. He officially decommitted from Oklahoma. That's the first step. First step of hopefully what is going to be him joining the Mizzou football team at some point. It's um, happening. 
It, I, I really do. I agree with you. I, I really think that is going to happen. It seems to be kind of a two-team race at this point between Missouri and Georgia. I'll be crushed. I'll if, be, he, if he doesn't come to Missouri, after I'll be all absolutely of this, crushed. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've been hearing rumblings for months and months now that <clears throat> Luther Burden was looking around, looking to get out of his commitment with Oklahoma, um, and it just kind of seemed like if that happened, Missouri would have the momentum. It just... I mean, I'm I'm wearing my my black and gold glasses here, yeah. but I mean, it just seems like if he were to com- decommit from Oklahoma, he's going to go to Mizzou. And now that that's happened, that seems like that's going to be what happens. But um, as we famously say around here, we got a long way to go before signing day. We have the season has not even begun yet, so um, there's there's a lot to go left in that recruitment, especially with a five star player. I mean. I was surprised to see this announcement so early. I agree. Like, yeah. I, I thought we would just be sailing into the season, and I thought it would be like a decommit, new commit, kind of back-to-back situation. Right, like more um, of like a traditional flip, yeah. like on signing day or something right. like that. I thought it would just be like, yeah, well, though, I thought there would be a Mizzou hat, Oklahoma hat, Georgia and Alabama hats all on the table or something like that. Right. And then we wouldn't know anything till then. But... Uh, I mean, that still is probably going to be the case. I don't think we're going to know anything till a hat is picked up, and there's probably going to be some kind of switcheroo maybe. I don't oh, know. Oh, man. Yeah, imagine him, like, picking up a, the Georgia hat or something and then, like... Imagine him picking up the down. Mizzou hat and then switcheroo. Oh, man. don't do that to me. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as a timetable for his commitment to the, to his his final school, most likely... Um, I don't know when that's going to be, but you know, I, I think don't we, expect it earlier I, than February. I, I think we really did at one point think that you know, there's a there's a signing day in December now. I know, I'm still saying February. <laughs> I think that I thought at one point that it would all just happen right there on signing day, whether it was December signing day or February. But I wouldn't be too shocked to see him commit a little bit earlier than that. So I wouldn't be shocked, but I don't want to expect it. He still has some official visits that are scheduled for the fall, so. He'll probably go. He'll probably go ahead and take those, and then maybe make his commitment after that. Mm. But still, just fantastic news. Um, I mean, I guess the worst case scenario. Would you rather see him at Georgia than Oklahoma? I mean, I don't know. Uh, both that's about the same. A loss, at, loss at this point situation. Yeah, so. especially with Oklahoma lose, lose. coming over to the SEC. Yeah, I said then, loss, loss. Yeah, loss, loss. That's not. A, that's not a thing. Yeah, you know what I meant. Yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, so one cool thing, uh, there are two cool things that happened on Twitter. A bunch of Mizzou, current Mizzou players, uh, mostly freshmen, mostly uh, St. Louis guys, were, like, quote-tweeting the decommitment announcement, like, basically saying, come on down. Yeah. And so you love to see that. Especially, yeah, you know you're not a normal recruit when the certain corner of the internet just explodes whenever you decommit from your school. Um, you're you're not a normal recruit. I think Luther Burden's pretty aware of that at this at this point. And yeah. whenever the coach of one of the teams you're interested in makes a subtweet about you, you're not a normal recruit. Yeah. Um, it's just it seems it would just would seem so weird for him not to go to Mizzou at this point. Yeah. Same day as that announcement, Coach Drinkwitz tweeted a picture of him getting a car, a nice uh, Mercedes Benz from Mercedes Benz of Columbia. And he said, thanks for the five-star ride. And that's obviously not even a subtle, yeah. uh, like you said, subtweet mentioning mentioning Luther Burden without actually mentioning him. So there's confidence in the program. There's confidence in the fan base that this is actually going to happen. Um, 
that means everybody is primed for a letdown, but hopefully that does not happen. Don't you dare. What's the, what's the percentage chance that Luther Burden comes to Mizzou? 80. Sounds good to me. You'll take that? Yep, I'll go with 80. That sounds fine. Um, now, we do have some camp news. Uh, how do you want to work that in? Do you want to just do that now or yeah. work it into the position stuff? Yeah, we, we have some just kind of injury notes and some scrimmage notes and that kind of stuff. So I'll kind of just rapid fire, put some of that stuff out there for you. Um, we could have talked about some of this last week but we we were doing the bud sasser interview and it was just probably going to be a little bit too long so we're gonna check out the bud sasser interview from last week if absolutely you yet. yeah um so we're just going to kind of recap the last two weeks of camp and and all that stuff so if you're if you're super um up to date with all mizzou news some of this might be a little bit old news to you but we're gonna go over it anyway um so we'll talk about some injuries uh our boy jamarion gooch was mm. unfortunately medically disqualified to play football at mizzou and when all the football, um, the freshman football players, they have to undergo kind of a, I don't know, what do they call it? A, like a, a physical. Yeah. Like a screening yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And they identified some kind of health um, issue that he has. We don't know what that is, but whatever, it, whatever it is, it disqualified from him from being able to play. So that's, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, super disappointing for yeah, him. And hope he's okay, whatever that is, <clears throat> but he will get to keep his scholarship. So that's good. Excellent. Um, Zaquan Reeves is a freshman cornerback, and he had a l- lower leg injury, and so he's probably going to be out f- till probably about midseason. So I would assume that he will take the red shirt, uh, but he still might be able to play in a, in a few games. Um, and then same thing, uh, John Jones, they discovered an injury in his physical, and it's not it's not the disqualification, but he is going to be out for the year. And I, honestly, I don't really <laughs> I don't really know how that works they're just like yeah we're gonna do a physical and they discover like a year ending injury so again whatever he's dealing with um hope it, hope he's all right but he's gonna be out for the year so he will take the medical red shirt um i am gonna skip to this most recent week uh for in for this week's injuries mm-hmm. uh jay macklin had a broken forearm so he's gonna be out a few weeks um he may be able to return for that the first game against central michigan but I wouldn't expect him to be a huge difference maker maybe for that first couple weeks while he um, comes back from that. And then, of course, the name you really don't want to see on any injury reports is Mookie Cooper. He has a lower leg injury, but luckily um, it's not very serious. He's just he's going to be ready for the Central Michigan game, but he is going to miss a few weeks of camp. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Just hold him out of practice. Let him like wait till the game starts. Let that's him rest. Fine. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. All right, so that's I think that's pretty much it for injuries and stuff like that. Um, they did a scrimmage last week, and then they did another one this week. So I'm just going to uh, recap some significant notes from that. Um, so we'll look at the first week's scrimmage. Sounded like the offense really dominated the scrimmage. Um, you know, the, the defense is working with a new defensive coordinator. They're learning a new scheme. The secondary is going to be playing, you know, primarily zone. There's just a lot. There's a lot of things that they're learning right now. So it sounded like the offense really dominated. Um, it sounded like they had a lot of good third down conversions and explosive plays. Um, w- a couple of notes about some individual defensive players, though. Uh, Damian Wilson, he is a freshman, and he was running with the second team uh, defense, and he had an interception. He's a linebacker. Uh, heard some really good things about Mackie Wingo. He is the defensive lineman freshman from from Missouri. 
Uh, coach said he's got a chance to break the rotation at, at defensive tackle. He's got good leverage and speed. Uh, he just needs to work on con- on consistency. Um, and when you look at the defensive tackle room right now, I mean, they just have a lot of depth. So they don't necessarily need Mecky Wingo to make a, to be a difference maker this year. Um, I think best case scenario, he gets some game experience, maybe keeps that red shirt and uh, maintains and just uh, kind of fills in for depth this year. Yeah, I like that. Um, good, hearing some good things about some young wide receivers. Um, hearing Chance Looper's name quite a bit. Uh, J.J. Hester, as well as Jay Macklin, obviously, before he got hurt. But all those guys are freshmen and sophomores, and sounds like they're really uh, making waves at camp. Um, Jay Macklin had seven catches in that first scrimmage, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, another note on a guy who hasn't played a whole lot but will this year, and that's Elijah Young. Sounds like he had a nice uh, touchdown reception, so mm. they might be trying to use him in the pass game. And then here comes the hype train. For none other than Michael Cox. Okay. My boy, Michael Cox. We're here for it. Had a 60-yard touchdown run. Jeez. Was against the uh, the second defense. Okay. But um, I still think that Michael Cox will probably – I don't want to really see him play this year. He's probably still fourth string mm. on the depth chart. But for a walk-on running back, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and that's got to be pretty special for him to, to score a 60-yard touchdown run um, in practice in a scrimmage. That's That's got to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we'll jump to this week's scrimmage. Didn't have quite as many notes um, as the first week, um, but it sounded like the, it was the revenge from the defense this week. Um, the pass rush was dominant. Coach said that the, the de- defensive line had nine sacks, so obviously wow. they can't like tackle the quarterback, right. but they're still get, putting pressure on. Um, they had three forced turnovers, and then it sounded like they just were tackling much better. Um, an important note that I should bring up about this scrimmage is that Connor Bazelak missed practice today. Sounds like he was dealing with like a minor illness, mm-hmm. and they he's they said he's vaccinated, but they went ahead and just tested him for COVID just to um, see what came up there. But they didn't think it was anything too serious. But it is important to note that it was the backup quarterbacks playing gotcha. in the scrimmage today. So obviously, the defense dominated. It could have been because of that. Yeah. Um, Sounds like the Tulsa transfers are doing well. Caleb Evans and Allie Green, they are pushing the returning cornerbacks for for those starting spots. You know, Rakestraw and Ish Burdine are the two returning cornerbacks, but um, I would not be surprised at all to see a Caleb Evans starting alongside Rakestraw and Allie Green might get might be able to crack into that starting rotation as well. So, yeah, I think that. I mean, we'll get to that when we. Uh, talk about that position specifically but that's totally expected at least for for sure yeah yeah i would be disappointed if they if that was not what we were hearing yeah so that sums up the scrimmage notes we're caught up then we're caught up all right so let's jump into these player previews um we'll start on the defensive side of the ball and we will begin with the defensive line so a uh a group last year that kind of had their ups and downs. Um, they were able to get some pressure on the quarterback at times, and it made the entire defense look a lot better when they were able to do that. But that wasn't a consistent feature uh, from this defensive line. Uh, that's something that we hope they'll get better at this year. Um, but they were pretty solid in the middle, stopping the run, I would say, with help from the linebackers. Um, we can begin with this group wherever you want. Um, maybe 
we'll start with who you think are going to be the major contributors. Obviously, we have Akeel Byers and Kobe Whiteside returning, um, as well as Trajan Jeffcoat on the outside. So I'd say those are the top three uh, holdovers from last year on the defensive line. Um, where do you think? What do you think about those three? And then where do you think we go from there? Yeah, it's you, you said it perfectly that the defensive line was pretty up and down last year, but they were able to get some good reinforcements um, in the off season. But it, it is nice that some of these guys are coming back, whether they're just returning, like Trajan Jeffcoat. Obviously, he's not a senior, but yeah. it's good to have him back. Um, you mentioned Akil Byers, Kobe Whiteside, and then Chris Turner are the three uh, seniors that return for their fifth year, their COVID year, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, none of those guys are well, – Kobe Whiteside's a good player, but you know none of those guys are just program changers or anything. But it's just great to have some consistency and for, for them to be able to kind of help the, the new guys transition in mm-hmm. is so big. Um, I think if I would project the starting defensive line, it would probably be Trajan Jeffcoat. Obviously, he's the staple. Uh, but I would say alongside Jeffcoat at the other defensive end position, I'm, I'm going to say it's probably Isaiah McGuire. I think he's kind of a talented younger guy. He's played some the last year or two, but I think that he is poised to to really make a difference this year. Um, so I think those two guys start at defensive end. And then on the inside, um, they've got a lot of guys that can rotate in. I think Kobe Whiteside for sure is going to start, but uh, I think you'll see a lot of Akil Byers. I think you'll see a lot of Realist George mm-hmm. and probably a lot of Darius Robinson. Um, all those guys are, are going to play a ton. Um, Isaiah McGuire, he was listed as the one of the starters at end and the last in the bowl game a depth chart mm. last season so um yeah he was above chris turner at that time yeah so, yeah it seems like he is the guy that looks poised to step into that role for sure yeah he's a very versatile player i mean he's played inside and out um at his time at mizzou so i think just because they have great depth on the inside they've kind of had him transition to defensive end but i i, he, I think he's going to be really good there it's always nice to have players on the defensive line that you can kind of move around mm-hmm. to different spots. For sure. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure where they're going to play Realist George. I don't know if he's going to play in the interior or if, or if he's a, a defensive end, but um, I I definitely think we'll you will hear his name called a lot. One thing that I found interesting, I was looking at uh, sportsreference.com and looking at uh, Mizzou's defensive stats for last year, and uh, uh, kind of st- stuck out to me that like Isaiah McGuire only played in seven games last year um but same with like uh you know anybody else kind of in that same vein like uh Trey Williams only played seven games Kobe Whiteside only played in five games yeah Kobe definitely deal uh, was dealing with an injury last year for sure and he he looks like he's really revamped himself like he looks like he really um kind of focused on improving his body on the offseason he he, he's just so strong i I don't know i think he's he's going to be really good if he can stay healthy jeff code i think missed wasn't uh wasn't there for the first two games Uh, i have him down was only playing in eight games but uh so it'll be really interesting to see uh, that's like the entire offensive line that we're talking about like none of those guys played an entire season last year yeah so if we can get all these guys um back and healthy for an entire season then I think we can see that consistency that we didn't get last year. Yeah, that's why depth is important. I mean, guys get hurt, guys get tired in the middle of games. Like it's good to be able to just rotate uh, guys in and out and not be able and, and not drop off in talent. Right. And you talked about Wingo, uh, the freshman uh, 
in the camp report, yeah, uh, he looks like he's ready to contribute. Yeah, Mackie Wingo, Kyron Montgomery, Travian Ford are all guys that we'll probably see uh, get in there in the mix a little bit this year as well. Um, with those freshmen, who who do you think is most likely to play more than four games and not be able to redshirt? I think they will all redshirt, but if I had to take a stab at one, I'd, I'll say Kyron Montgomery. Okay. Very cool. Um, I've got a specific question for you about Trajan Jeffcoat. Over or under? So last year he had six sacks. Over or under six and a half sacks? I'll say over. I think that the defensive line, and this is a little bit of a guess, but I think the defensive line is going to be a little more aggressive this year. I think he was kind of a one-man wrecking crew last year and was still able to really make a name for himself, and I think he's going to have a little more help. And whenever the offensive line is able to focus one guy, it's really hard to make a difference. But right. if they just have to worry about everybody equally, that's, I think, when Trajan's going to be able to take the next step. And this is really his first kind of conventional offseason in the program and maybe, I don't know, ever. I, right. I, I don't know if he ever had a full offseason where he was with the team the whole time. Right. I mean, he could re- really make a, a dramatic step forward. Yeah, I mean, if anything, we might see teams at – towards the beginning of the season like cue on cue in on him a little bit more than the rest of the line but if the rest of the line is able to step up and make teams pay for doing that then they'll have to shy away from that at some point for sure all right you ready to move on to the linebackers um obviously we're getting Devin nicholson returning and then we're getting the huge addition of blaze aldridge one of the best linebackers in the country last year um, just in a much needed spot, like Missouri absolutely needed somebody that was going to be able to step up and fill that gap in the linebacking core. And he, by all accounts, seems more than capable of stepping right in. Yeah, obviously Nick Bolton is a pretty large hole to fill. Um, but I, I feel confident that that Blaze is going to be able to to fill in ad- admirably. I, I, you know, I don't think he's going to be Nick Bolton, but I don't think he needs to be. I don't think he'll have to like cover up as much right that like nick bolton just made he just erased yeah. the mistakes of the defensive line right yeah i'm with you there um i almost think that he can provide something that nick bolton didn't in the way that he can just attack and his pursuit of the quarterback i think can actually maybe be better than nick bolton um nick bolton was just i don't know the way that he understood plays and um he was just a great run stopper mm-hmm. um that I, I think he was obviously going to do that better than, than Aldridge can, but yeah, Nick um, Bolton had this, had the incredible ability to like meet the running back in the hole and mm-hmm. just like stop him right. so often. He, he just knew what was going to come. Uh, he just knew what play was going was to happen before it happened a lot of yeah. the times I think, but um, yeah, Aldridge, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he brings. I think he could be pretty electric. Uh, Nick Bolton last year had 53 solo tackles, um, 95 total in 10 games. Uh, Devin Nicholson, not too shabby himself, uh, 34 solo tackles, 69 total on the season. Um, I think Nicholson's numbers might creep up just a little bit, but I still think uh, Blaze Aldridge will be the tackle leader on this team. Yeah, Nicholson's definitely just a consistent staple of the defense. Um, I feel like he was never injured or anything. He was just kind of always dependably there. Um, I think we may see a lot of defensive sets where we only have two linebackers on the field and it's just those two guys um if we do have some sets where there's a third linebacker in the field i'd probably look for chad bailey to to get in there a little bit 
and he's been in the program for for quite a while but has dealt with injuries and just kind of gotten buried on the depth chart and stuff but I think he'll he'll get to play a little bit more this year yeah I'm trying to find the name of the like analyst um who named uh, Devin Nicholson as like a, a top five maybe like breakout linebacker was it Cole I don't know how to say his last name yeah that's it start to the C yeah cube something I'll see if I can find it I saw that as well so I mean that's a good note for uh your your guy that is you know going into the season you're looking at him as like the 1a Mm -hmm. to blaze aldridge yeah yeah i definitely don't think that you know some of these other guys jamie petway damian wilson zach lovett will norris you know some of those guys are younger i think they'll have their time eventually but you probably don't want to see them on the field too terribly much this season unless they're just performing incredibly but I definitely think that we've we've got our guys that we that we want to see on the field this year in, in Blaze and, and Devin Nicholson, um, and hopefully that they're able to stay healthy because there's because linebacking the, the depth just isn't great, mm-hmm. and I think that in some of the position groups, uh, other position groups on defense, they they kind of have the luxury of of depth, but um, a linebacker could be a little more sketchy if if they were to see some injury problems. Yeah, in the last few years, I mean, Missouri's had linebackers that just literally want to be out there every single snap. Like it, you like Kale Garrett and Nick Bolton. You'd have to like literally pull them off the field. They want to <laughs> be out there, so there hasn't been that much need for depth. Obviously, when Kale Garrett went down with injury, then that lack of depth kind of became more apparent. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think the linebackers are. We've got two really solid guys there, and hopefully they stay healthy and can eat up all those snaps. And uh, the younger guys or the guys that don't have as much experience can just kind of be there when needed but not be really relied on Mm -hmm. yeah i I would definitely say blaze maybe was the most necessary addition on the entire defense of the offseason just as a player who was is going to be most relied upon out of all the additions i think it's probably him yeah and they just knocked it out of the park by bringing him in they did all right time to move on to the cornerbacks um we have returning starters uh ennis rakestraw and ish and then we have the newcomers that we've already talked about caleb evans and Allie green um sounds like there's a lot of competition there for kind of like two starting spots at cornerback but obviously that is definitely a position group where you rotate guys in and out a little bit more often yeah for sure i think we'll see a lot of rake straw and a lot of evans but um just with this new defense i think that we're going to see a lot of a lot of guys in the secondary it's possible that uh rake straw evans and um alley green all start at the same time um right they'll probably all be on the field at the same time quite a bit um yeah ish birding it sounds like um he's gotten good reviews in camp and has played quite a bit um i know he's not a name that maybe not as many mizzou fans probably know his name as as rake straw but uh, it sounds like he's really kind of holding his own as far as kind of defending off that that starting spot um he's not letting the, the tulsa guys just come and take it from him yeah and that's um like i said when we kind of touched on that in the camp notes but when those two guys were brought in i fully expected them to be immediately competing for starting jobs right that's why you bring in a graduate transfer for sure yeah and if uh if the in or the returning starters are fighting back and not letting them have it easily then even better yeah i agree and just a, a freshman name to keep an eye on that i think could crack into the rotation this year is dalen carnell and he is a he was a four-star recruit from indianapolis so yeah, i like him I'm quite a bit very excited about him 
may not be his time quite yet, but it won't be long. Yeah. All right. The other aspect of the defensive backfield, the safeties, and I'll just come out and say it. My, the player I'm most excited to watch this season, it's the easy choice. Um, Martez Manuel, he has kind of just taken over the leadership role of the defense. It seems like he seems to know that he is good at football and be proud of it and want to show how good he is every single week and every single practice. And I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah. Oh man. He, he's so much better than I think anybody could have ever hoped. Just kind of the local Columbia kid. I mean, not that we thought he was a scrub, but I mean, he just has really kind of had a meteoric rise to the leader of the defense um in interviews he's he's mature he's well-spoken he's a smart guy um he's just he's just a great football player mm-hmm. and i agree with you I, i'm i'm really excited to see um how he's improved his game in the offseason and, and how he's able to lead the defense yeah because he he didn't really struggle that much last year i mean he had some kind of like young player type plays but uh the defense as a whole the defensive secondary as a whole at times would just kind of give up head scratching big plays, but mm-hmm. that's kind of college football for you to some extent. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he's got maybe the best chance out of all the defenders to, uh, to leave early for the NFL this year after this season, yeah. of course. So, uh, who are some other safeties we, that we expect to get some play and, um, should we keep an eye on any one guy, maybe, Maybe even not a guy that might play a ton this year, but who's going to step up if Manuel leaves early? Um, well, definitely, I think the two starting safeties are going to be obviously Manuel, and then I think the other one's going to be Jalen Carlisle. And uh, Jalen's almost a little bit different kind of player than Martez, where I think he's just a more explosive athlete. Um, he's so strong and fast. I can just kind of he's kind of fits the Tyree Gillespie mold, where he's just going to fly around the field, uh, make big hits, and that kind of stuff. I think he's. He's definitely um, one of those up-and-comers that, that has played a little bit, but mm-hmm. and every time he's been on the field, he's been great, and I think he's really going to make a name for himself this year. And he was a recruit that pe- that we were excited about at that time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you'll definitely see some Jelani Williams, uh, some Stacy Brown. Um, you may, may even see some Sean Robinson. Um, I want to see Sean Robinson. Yeah, I love Sean Robinson. He's so, he seems like such a, a chill, like down-to-earth guy. He was just like willing to fill any role that coach asks of him just unheard of that he would come in as the starting quarterback and then lose the job and then just be like yeah i'll play safety yeah it's wild just insane you never hear anything about that yeah but um he what was i gonna say about sean robinson oh yeah he played in the mississippi state game last year right because death was awful right and uh he played really well Mm -hmm. he just uh he plays hard he was in the right spot at the right time and uh, was making some some pass deflections and i mean he's gonna come after he's, he's gonna have to hit people you know and yeah. a lot of like former quarterbacks don't, probably don't yeah. want to do that and have never had to ever do that right so that, that, it'll be fun if to see him get in there a little bit yeah i mean i the buy-in from him that's got to be like all time oh, like for sure. program buy-in like we should have him like hosting recruits we should probably make him a recruiter once he's done uh playing because I don't know. He seems to get what the coaching staff wants to do, and he is, he's all in. For sure. All right. So we've covered the defense. Um, it's kind of refreshing to have so many fafil- familiar names on this list. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not that much turnover. Right. It's so, like 
as far as um, personnel goes, there's a lot of um, consistency. But what's exciting, I think, is we're going to see a totally different scheme. Right. New defensive coordinator. We're going to see. I mean. You said exciting. I would have maybe said scary, but yeah. Same, I, same I'm thing. excited about it. I, I think it's going to be an upgrade, um, and maybe I'm just being a little um, optimistic here, but I think Mizzou ran man defense maybe more than anybody in the country last year, and I just think that that's a good way to, I don't know, get beat sometimes, yeah, especially if burned, you don't have yeah. like the, the perfect personnel to run what you want to run. I'm just excited to see Mizzou run a little more zone this year. I like what Steve Wilkes brings. I I definitely just I, I think the defense is going to be improved this year. Okay, so we've we've got the defensive line, the linebackers, the cornerbacks, and the safeties. Um, which unit do you think is going to be the best? That's subjective, but however you want to d- determine the best unit on defense, um, the most productive or the most uh, solid unit there. That's a good question. I think um, I think linebacker is probably distantly fourth for me. Maybe not distantly, but it was an easy fourth for me. Um, just, just not just because not of lack of depth. depth. Yeah. yeah, if somebody gets hurt, who knows what's going to happen? Right. Um, that that could be a dangerous situation. But I definitely like the starters. Um, third. Oh man, this is tough. I actually ranked them as uh, just all DBs together. So I'm thinking here on the spot. I would probably say the. I don't know, man. I'll probably say the D line would be third. Yeah, I agree with you. And then I'd probably go safeties and then cornerbacks. Yeah, I think that makes sense. The those other position groups outside of cornerback have like standout players that we think are gonna make big plays and just be really solid. Mm-hmm. The cornerbacks, there's like four or five guys that yeah we think could just be really solid right. and. You know, you're not going to see a lot of drop off when you switch some of these guys out. Yeah, I, I agree with you that you know on paper before the season starts that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm also would not be surprised if at the end of the year we were like, holy cow, this defensive line was awesome, and yeah. they were far and away the best position group. I just I think there's a lot of potential at the on the D line too. Just some some unrealized talent that of guys, some newer faces that maybe we haven't seen do it yet, but I know they're capable. I could also see Rakestraw and Evans um, at cornerback just kind of distancing themselves from any of the other players at that position that's by the end of the season that's definitely possible too um okay give me a defensive breakout player i was kind of thinking through this myself um thinking about who i would choose and every player that i'm excited about is like has either been here or is like a graduate transfer and has played before so yeah. it's like there's not a whole lot of like candidates that could even qualify as a breakout yeah. candidate like we we know everybody that we expect to be good has shown that they can be you know at the right on the biggest stage yeah there was definitely two guys that um i think stand out whenever you're talking about breakouts this year it's maybe some younger guys that have that chance to really take that next step this year mm-hmm. um if i had to pick one i think i would go with the jalen carlize i think mm-hmm. he's just gonna be fantastic this year okay um who do you remember who your breakout defensive player was last year I was hoping you wouldn't ask. <laughs> I think I said Stacy Brown last oh, year. I got um, so, but that obviously he didn't really end up coming true. Um, but I, I actually found a uh, YouTube comment from our uh, player previews last year that mentioned. Um, oh, now I lost Darius it. Robinson. That mentioned Darius Robinson. Yeah. So I think maybe that commenter was just a little bit early. Yeah, maybe just a year early because I mean Darius Robinson, just athletic freak for sure. 
um, uh, yeah, you might have just been one one year early, but but um, Robinson definitely is a is a definitely a candidate that could break out this year. I just want to watch Martez Manuel. I want to see what how, I want to see how good a Caleb Evans is going to be. Yeah, and I just cannot wait to watch Blaze Aldridge right. play. I and I, I I wouldn't even expect Evans to. It, it, it's easy to pick these breakout candidates for like Isaiah McGuire or Jalen Carlisle because those are the guys that are going to be coming up and making exciting plays or mm-hmm. making a sack or an interception or whatever it is. Um, a Caleb Evans is going to be one of those players where you kind of just hope you don't really hear about him much yeah. like Rake Straw last year just lock because that just means he's doing his job. And if they're not thrown at him much, that means he's locking, he's locking dudes up. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and that's just the kind of player that Evans is. He's not like a dare you to throw at me. Right. Like I'm going to, you know, play loose and then i'm gonna try and pick it off or jump the route he's just gonna cover you up yeah and so you really might not hear his name called a lot this year um because that just means he's doing a really good job i hope some quarterbacks try to force force throws in his direction (laughs) yeah all right we're ready to move on to the offense and we will begin with the offensive line and we have uh one of the team captains with case cook representing the offensive line and returning starter Michael Mayetti. <laughs> and uh, after those two, maybe there's some competition to be had at some different spots? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mayetti, uh, Mayetti mm-hmm. and Casey Cook both, you know, like you said, are, are definitely a staple of the offensive line. They're starters for sure. Um, nobody's going to push them on that starting job. But uh, when you look at left guard, I think I got to interrupt you. Real go quick. right ahead. What a relief to have Mayetti back. Oh man! I mean, that was like the that was the biggest like uh, player to announce his return. I think yeah. I think that was the one I was most excited about. That's that's huge to have that guy snapping the ball for another year. Yeah, uh, he is the embodiment of consistency. Just like ne- I think he's like never missed a game or something <laughs> in his like entire college career. Like yeah, he's going just, back to Rutgers. Yeah, he just is never hurt. He's just he's always there doing his job. Um, so at, at left guard, we've got Xavier um, Delgado. I think he'll most likely be the left guard starter there. Then we'll probably see him for most of the season. Uh, he did get hurt last year, and Luke Griffin stepped in and played really well, um, kind of filling in for him. So I, I guess it's possible you could see Luke Griffin push for that starting spot, but I think that ideally we'll see Delgado there at left guard. Yeah, Delgado was the starter in the bowl game, according to the depth chart. So it seemed like he you know, was able to regain his starting job just mm-hmm. fine. Um, and then, yeah, I definitely think the tackle positions are pretty up in the air. I think we've got position, position battles there at both of those spots. Um, so you look at um, who I think will probably start at right tackle is Hyron White. And he's a guy who's been in the, in the program for a few years now, but he had a season-ending like shoulder injury or something last yeah. year. That was so, kind of that was a sneaky, just like terrible injury yeah. last year. Yeah, for sure. One that I was kind of like forgotten about was like... Yeah, I, but I, that may have been the position that Larry Borum played and so that ended up obviously breaking out amazingly so but i think hyron wright will hopefully bounce back from that injury and be able to get that starting spot but he's gonna have to fight off connor wood who is the montana state transfer Um, we got him this summer and sounds like he's kind of worked himself right into the rotation and has played really well Um, he's a a big athletic guy so you know again ideally i think they'd like white to win that job but Mm -hmm. wouldn't be surprised to see connor wood get in there and then at um left tackle uh, we've got Javon Foster and Zeke Powell and I think Powell probably played mostly there at left tackle last year yeah 
Um, but Javon Foster is just getting a lot of praise in camp. Sounds like he's doing a really good job. So sounds like he might he might win that job at left tackle. But again, it's good to have depth. Um, I, I think for the most part, we'll, we'll if any of those guys hurt get hurt, we'll uh, be able to f- have somebody fill in. Yeah. No, I I think uh, I'm I think I'm happy with this offensive line unit. I think that it seems like we're pretty solid there. I agree. All right, moving on to tight end. Um, this is a position that Missouri historically has had, you know, just incredible players. And last year was not as productive for the tight ends. Nico Hay did come in and catch some huge passes in specific games and uh, made his presence felt. Daniel Parker Jr. is like the best blocking tight end in the country. I'll just come out and say it. Um, and he can catch the ball and make plays too but his strength is obviously blocking and he seems to really enjoy it or he oh yeah at least uh i don't know pride in his craft yes exactly because he works really hard when he's in there and he knows what his job is um he just like bowls guys over for sure yeah i mean he was a great i mean he's a very athletic guy he played both sides of the line in high school and i mean i think he was even recruited as as an offensive lineman at at times so Mm -hmm. Um, he has always had that skill set, and he's he's very good at it. Um, but yeah, the the tight end room has has been um, a little bit unreliable at times in the last couple of years. And like you said, historically we've had a lot of great tight ends at Mizzou, um, receiving tight ends, but yeah. we haven't really had Just that like pure touchdown catchers. Right. That's what we've had. We haven't really had that since Albert O. And so I definitely, I definitely think that, especially in coach drinks offense, they are just des- desperate for a tight end to step up in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I de- like you said, I, I don't think Daniel Parker jr. Is that guy that's going to be, um, the consistent pass catcher in the offense. I think he will do it some, but he's not going to go out and catch 10 touchdowns. I just don't see that happening. Right. Uh, I don't know if I see that for many of these guys this year, but, um, I definitely think Nico Hayes probably the, the most reliable receiving threat. Um, and I definitely would throw out Messiah Swenson. I think he's a guy that could that could challenge for that receiving tight end spot too, um, who's probably the most athletic guy as far as just going out and route running and, and catching and stuff like that. But he's just kind of dealt with injuries and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we've got like tall, strong, athletic bodies at tight end. And uh, like I said, Nico Hay has shown that he's capable of catching touchdowns. And... Um, there's two up-and-comers in freshman Ryan Horstkamp and Gavin McKay that I think, uh, obviously, this year is not their year to really break through. But um, you can see Missouri just, they're keeping the cupboard stocked with guys that have the measurables, have the athleticism, and it's only a matter of time before one of these guys kind of um, sparks and just really takes off. Yeah, I think they'll they'll really be dependent on on those freshmen probably next year to step up because Daniel Parker Jr. will, will graduate. Um, yeah, Nico I, Hayes just gonna be a junior. Yeah, uh, I think he might this, be a junior this coming this, season. Right, yeah. so he'll have another year most likely. So this is his opportunity, I think. I think to, so. Um, show that he can be the guy yeah. for the next two seasons. I agree. Um, do you see uh, either one of those freshmen losing their red shirt? Probably not. Okay. It's probably for the best. Yeah. All right. Moving on to receiver. This is an exciting position group to this talk about. This is a fun one. Uh, it kind of always is, but this year in particular. Um, obviously, everybody knows about Kiki Chisholm. Everybody knows about Toski Dove. We haven't seen either one of these guys play, but everybody knows about Mookie Cooper and Dominic Lovett. Um, 
Chisholm, Dove, Cooper. That seems to be the the threesome that are going to be out there the most at the same time. Would you agree with that? Who were the three you said? Chisholm, Dove, Cooper. I think so. Um, I want to give you credit for cre- uh, correctly predicting that Towski Dove would be a breakout player last season. Um, on episode 105, you picked him as your offensive breakout candidate, and he lived up to that definitely yeah that was a little ballsy because we hadn't seen anything from him at all and he he took a surprising step i mean he was he was really really good last year very consistent probably has the best hands in in the room just catches everything um he yeah dove's a great player and kiki chisholm came on late at the end of the season and really showed you know and maybe that was just it took him that long to adjust to not only division one football but like the best power five conference division one football yeah um, I think he will be more accustomed to that this season and hopefully start faster. But I think he could separate himself as like the number one guy that's just going up and catching everything. I think so too. And I, I've been on Chisholm for this whole off season, just kind of talking about how he has a ta- has the chance to be really special. And just given his athletic traits and his body, just like the six five prototypical, like almost NFL style receiver. Um, has a has a chance to be a deep threat and kind of a possession receiver. Um, I think Kiki Chisholm is is very exciting, and uh, also Connor Bazelak mentioned him as the guy that could be kind of that that number one go to guy mm-hmm. in an interview maybe last week or two weeks ago. So um, that is not new news to anyone around the program that Kiki Chisholm is special and could have a really big year. Not new news, not old news, not news at all. You could say. <laughs> um, Okay, Kyle, then let's let's jump to the freshman real quick because that's exciting. Uh, Mookie Cooper, everybody's loving what he's bringing to camp. Um, there was a, I can't remember who said it, but there was a quote, a specific quote about him being able to lose uh lose a, lose his guy in a phone booth i believe that was carlize that said that yeah but that, that was that was a funny quote that's an excellent line and that's illustrates what he's capable of like sure. if there's a, a defender on him they're not gonna be on him very long and that's kind of what we need i i love i love the idea of cooper kind of being that like slot receiver who is moving all around the formations and uh maybe taking some of those underneath passes to the house for sure yeah, I definitely view uh, Mookie Cooper as maybe the the slot receiver, the short, the short uh, pass guy. They almost they call it the you know the extension of the run game, almost mm-hmm. just kind of those quick lateral passes. I think you'll see him moving a ton in the backfield, maybe doing some reverses, some fake reverses. Um, I remember last year the announcers constantly referred to the offenses. Um, what do they call it? A lot of window dressing yeah, and like eye candy. Eye candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll see a lot of that. You'll see a lot of, of Mookie Cooper running around in the backfield before the, the ball is even hiked. I yeah. think you'll see a lot of that. Um, and then I see Dominic Lovett as maybe more of a deep threat. I think mm-hmm. they'll try to get him um, just running straight to the end zone and, and trying to kind of take the top off the defense with, with Lovett. But I still think that Lovett can do that kind of stuff too. I think you'll see them both probably used both out in both of those ways. There's no chance that Lovett is like, like takes a back seat and potentially red shirts or anything like that. I mean, he, he is a freshman coming into the SEC. That's not usually like step in and be a significant contributor day one, but he is a higher caliber of fresh incoming freshman wide receiver than Missouri's used to. Right. I think when when Lovett first committed, um, I definitely would have said he probably just 
plays sparingly, maybe mm-hmm. red shirts, but the more we've learned about him and, and heard about how special he is, I definitely think that he will probably burn the red shirt this year. I think he'll play in every game and um, he'll he'll be on the field quite a bit. I think he'll make and I think he'll make an impact for sure. Sounds good to me. All right, so we've got kind of the top of the group, the top of the receiver group covered. Um, run us through some guys that will uh, contribute, even if it's sparingly, and some of the depth pieces at receiver that we should uh, take note of. Well, everybody obviously knows Barrett Bannister, um, who's kind of been the, I think I called him the third down champion um, in last year's episode. Yeah, but he was my offensive breakout player, and that didn't quite come to pass. Yeah, but he's still he's still a useful cog in the offense for he's sure. solid. And uh, again, kind of like Toski Dove, just catches everything, makes contested catches, makes important third down conversion catches. So um, excited about Bannister. He's just very consistent. He's, mm-hmm. he's always there. Uh, and then definitely some names that we've been hearing good things about that uh, we may kind of see creep onto the scene this year is J.J. Hester and Chance Looper. And Chance Looper kind of famously had that. He had like one catch last year, but it was like a huge play against LSU where he kind of caught a almost like a slant over the middle um, but he shook some defenders he shook Derek Stingley Jr. who's going to probably be the first cornerback off the board in the NFL draft next year the, like the top cornerback in the country he made him look like awful. One of, literally one of the very best players in yeah. all of college football he put him on skates so yeah. that was his one contribution for the entire season last year but that's a good a, one a memorable one yeah. so I definitely think he'll he'll get in there and then J.J. Hester was a four-star recruit from Tulsa who uh, didn't play a whole lot, if any, last year, but I've heard great things from him this year. Coach Drinkwitz has mentioned his name many times in interviews, so definitely think you'll see Hester get in there quite a bit. And then, of course, uh, I think you'll see Jay Macklin. Um, I think he does some things they want to run really, really well. I think um, maybe some short passes and stuff. I think he he can be explosive in in some of those plays, so you'll definitely see see him quite a bit as well. Um, A fan favorite. And maybe yeah, that's not even true. One of my favorites, Micah Wilson, another guy that uh, similar to um, Sean Robinson, like, no, you're not going to be the starting quarterback at Missouri, but we have a role for you. And he's a depth piece at receiver. And he caught a wide open bomb in the LSU game yeah. uh, last year. And he... A lot of guys made a name for themselves in that LSU game. Yeah. A lot of offensive players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he has extreme speed and, uh, if you can kind of like keep his legs fresh and just be like, okay, come in for a few plays and just run as fast as you can. Yeah. Then that's useful. Yeah. He looked pretty smooth on that catch yeah. um, against LSU, that touchdown catch. He was LSU. wide open, but he it was, was just like, it was, you know, looked easy for him. Yeah, absolutely. The perfect pass. Um, and Boo Smith is a guy that last year kind of showed he has something that he can contribute now perhaps he's been just completely recruited over and there's not really much room for him to contribute this year but he's kind of just like a shifty guy who um is hard to bring down and um we've got a you know a few guys like that this year in the receiving core and also in the uh, running back room that are capable of making a guy miss when they get the ball in their hands and there's times in recent mizzou history where it's like some of our receivers we're only going to get whatever we get when they catch the ball there hasn't been that much explosiveness necessarily um up until maybe last year but uh i'm super excited about this group 
Mookie Cooper, one of the better players, just period, from a recruiting standpoint that Missouri has had on their roster in a while. Um, yeah, I'm, I just can't express how excited I am to watch these guys play and just see who is coming down with the passes, who makes the first team, and then who gets reps. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not every season that we have a borderline five-star freshman with four years of eligibility, eligibility left just come in and be able to, I don't know, it's just it's exciting. Yeah, we don't we don't get to see the the Mookie Cooper types uh, don the, the Missouri uniform very often. So we might I, we might do it two years in a row. We might. So yeah, the the wide receiver room could could be pretty special here in the next few years. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, the Missouri quarterbacks should be very thankful for uh, these guys and the the coaching staff for recruiting them. Yeah, seriously. All right, moving on to running back. We have a favorite of the show, specifically Kyle's favorite player on the roster. I'll just say it. Uh, Tyler Beatty. Exactly right. Um, he is coming back for another season, and he will be the lead back. He will not be able to take over the Larry Roundtree role because nobody can, but he will do his best and also just be a little bit more versatile than Roundtree was. Uh, maybe not as good of a pure runner, at least not so far that we've seen, but he is very capable, and then he will also have Elijah Young right there uh, ready to give him a break or just kind of be that change of pace that Missouri will need at times. But I think those two guys are very similar type of running back and both are capable receivers. And we've seen some of that in camp. Um, so I'm excited for those two. Yeah, I think it's pretty well documented at this point that I love Tyler Beatty. But um, and you'll probably uh, see the Missouri Sports Podcast Twitter account tweet that many times this year that we love Tyler Beatty because we do. And, you know, as much as we love Larry Roundtree and, and what he um, provided the last few years, I always just kind of wish that Tyler Beatty would have been able to um, be involved a little bit more, especially last year. It seemed like, you know, he was just a perfect change of pace back whenever, you know, Larry Roundtree was out of the game or whatever, and they brought Tyler Beatty in. It just always felt like he was so productive. Oh, yeah. He would have like um, six touches in a game but have like 50 yards rushing, 50 right. yards receiving, and a touchdown. Yeah, he's so efficient. So, uh, of course, I'm so excited to see Tyler Beatty take on a bigger role this year and just kind of see if they can turn him loose. And, I mean, with a, a player that's as efficient as he's been historically um, with a, an uptick in, in touches, that could be really exciting to watch. So how much is uh, Elijah Young going to be relied on? Is he re is he going to be as much a part of the offense as Tyler Beatty was last year? Yeah, I think so. Because um, I don't think Tyler Beatty is going to see the touches that Larry that Larry Roundtree had last year. But he's not going to have a uh, twenty five carry. Probably game. not. Probably not. Um, I mean, it could. You never know. Um, but Elijah Young, a I, lot of I, mouths to feed in this offense. There this is. Year. I, I don't think that it's going to be like a perfect fifty fifty split with touches. But Elijah Young is going to be. Um, definitely get, getting the ball quite a bit. So then there's three guys here. Maybe correct me if I'm forgetting anyone, but Semi Bakari, Dawson Downing, and Michael Cox are three players that could potentially slide into that third spot and uh, get some playing time at the running back position. Uh, it seems like Missouri, eh, it seems like most college football teams want to have that third running back that they can uh, give a few reps to just to kind of give their starters a break uh who do you think steps into that role yeah um i i mean simi bakari has been in the program for a really long time now and it, it would be kind of cool to get to see him have some meaningful snaps but 
Um, I, you know, I just think with the style of running backs that Tyler Beatty and Elijah Young are, I, I think they'll look to get a bigger back, maybe mm-hmm. in the, kind of in the rotation as that third back. That could be Michael Cox. I also think that could be Taj Butts, who is um, true. Who, who is a, a true freshman this year from this Met, I believe. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, and Taj is is a much bigger back than than Tyler Beatty or Elijah Young. So maybe he would get some some goal line touches or something like that. But um, it. I guess if I had to choose somebody, though, I think I'd probably just guess that Dawson Downing would probably get the the majority of those those third string snaps. All right, now the most important position in all of football, we are talking about the quarterback. I thought you were going to say the kicker. <laughs> uh, maybe most loved position in Mizzou football. Definitely, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, quarterback, obviously, this is Connor Bazelak's job. He is the starting quarterback. I don't anticipate any sort of quarterback com- controversy. The coaching staff, you don't think so, is not anticipating anything like that. That'd be a plot twist. Uh, I and do not. Your starter is Tyler Macon. Oh no! That <laughs> first of all, that is definitely not going to happen. I don't even want to entertain the idea of like the fan base calling for anybody else to be playing quarterback. No, that kind of stuff terrifies me. Um, going back to last season, I said it plenty of times. Connor Bays, if Connor Bays likes not the starting quarterback. I, it's not, that's not a good sign. I don't see a situation where another quarterback on the roster is just like blowing everybody away so much that that job is in jeopardy. Zero percent chance. Yeah. It would take like some bad things happening for there to be a conversation like that. Yeah. That being said, uh, does Tyler Macon lose his red shirt? Is he going to be the backup? this year or are they going to try to preserve his eligibility as much as possible i think you will see and it just again i hope it doesn't even matter who the second stringer is but i think you'll see brady cook um be probably the second string guy and then tyler Macon for this season will probably be third string but that is a a position battle that is happening for that second string because if something happens to basilac somebody has to go in and play so i think it'll be brady cook this year and i obviously don't think that Macon will will burn the, the red shirt this year so um just to be clear you, you basically answered this, but we're in the third quarter of a game against South Carolina, and Bazelak is sh- shaken up. He has to come out of the game for at least a few plays, if not the rest of the game. You think Brady Cook is the guy that's going in? I do, just because of his experience in the program. He's played a little bit before, and you know he's, he's looked pretty decent when he's been yeah. in there. So I, I think that he would be the guy they, they send out there this season. Okay. All right. It's... I don't even want to think this far ahead because it's kind of scary, but we're going to have a situation on our hands in two years. Yeah, we are. Um, well, I, that's all I want to say right now. Let's not think about it. Sam Horn's going to enter the enter the chat pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, we're going to have... That's a, that's a fun problem to have, though. That's a, that's a good problem to have. Okay. Is you've got a bunch of guys who are, who are qualified and, and good enough to play. That's a, that's a problem you want to have, I think. Yeah, it's still a problem. Still a problem. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, they're gonna ha- they're gonna rotate like two or three quarterbacks in. Like, all right, that, you get a quarter. That would be a disaster. Just four, four different quarterbacks <laughs> in the game, and they all get their own quarter. Uh, something something's gonna happen there in that quarterback room. Um, somebody's gonna be the odd man out. Yeah, I definitely don't like to think about um, that East St. Louis um, relationship. If Tyler Macon never ends up really having a role as yeah. a starter, yeah. But we that is a bridge we do not have to cross right now. We don't have to think of like. Yeah, maybe we will have to cross in two years, but yeah, yeah, we're good for now. Yeah, don't think about it. Um, okay, so special teams: Harrison Mevis, team MVP. Mevis, Harrison Mevis. Thank you. 
Sorry. But <laughs> 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 well, that'll be a, a tough one for me to shake, uh, obviously. Uh, Harrison Mavis, the MVP of the team last year, the fan favorite of the team. He is immediately one of the best kickers in all of college football. The best, in my opinion, in years two, I'm assuming. Of course. Uh, he's going to be lights out. It's just what a what a thing to have a reliable kicker in college football. Yeah, I mean he was amazing. And last we've had year. we've not had. He like, was a freshman last year. Yeah, yeah. We have not had like awful kickers right. recently. Like some, Tucker Tucker McCann's on an NFL roster. Right I know. Now. And some fans would maybe argue with me on that. Like, you know, you remember the kicks that people miss, and yeah. so yeah, that sticks out. And yeah, but he could drill like a sixty-two yarder at the same time. Right. Um, but when you have a guy that just kind of like make so many big kicks yeah it's like yeah Har- harrison mevis especially as a freshman last year was unbelievably reliable i, I don't believe i said mevis i can't believe it either i'm really disappointed he didn't miss a single extra point last year and i think he only missed a couple of field goals and, and then he, he drilled the game winner against arkansas which i don't know that i would have been able to continue in life if he would have missed it because i would have been so sad yeah but, but also like i didn't necessarily expect him to hit it right yeah it was still it was a huge kick and, yeah. and uh you know he'll have to face you know full stadiums this year and that's not probably not really something he dealt with last year and that's that's a big thing as a kicker mm-hmm. that is a nerve-wracking moment when it's all coming down to you to make make the kick but he doesn't really seem like a guy that seems too bothered about that kind of stuff he kind of just i don't know he's confident yeah a lot of like uh you, you hear about like kickers being like head cases or something like they just like can't get over missed kicks or something i don't know like i saw interviews of him last year and he's just like yeah 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 just come out here and kick yeah short memory no big deal um so obviously looking forward to seeing him play again uh grant mcginnis is back he is he's back folks he uh obviously transferred from kentucky and he was okay at as punter last year yeah he's not the doesn't have the biggest leg in the world but i think he's an accurate punter i think yeah so basically i think that he is excellent when he is like pinning a team deep in their own on their own side of the field yeah. uh, like let me try to explain this better when the offense gives them something to work with and then it's like we're playing field position right. battle they gotta pin him inside the 10 yeah exactly i think he can step up and be very accurate with his punts yeah. and get some hang time and put the defense in a pretty good situation now if the offense goes three and out if the offense you know fields a touchback goes three and out then we're probably not looking at great field position for the defense coming up because he just doesn't quite bomb it deep like uh, um, Corey Fatoni did. Necessarily. <laughs> I was about to say, you're going to have to name a punter here. <laughs> yeah, I, thought I, you I might, got one. I thought you might name like an NFL punter or something. No. We've had some That's solid good. big-legged punters yeah. at Mizzou. Yeah, Corey Fatoni, uh, yeah, he's just, he was, he was cool. Yeah. Uh, give, me a, give me a Trey Barrow. Okay, I got <laughs> okay, punters. Nice job. Okay. I know punters' names. Good job. That's all of them, but yeah. that, those are the ones uh, I know. Might be all I can think of right at the moment. Um, let's end here with uh, kick returner and punt returner. I think uh, Tyler Beatty handled most of the kick returning last year. Mm-hmm. Um, punt returner has been sketchy. I uh, can barely even remember who returned punts last year. I know Chris Abrams' drain was in there uh, for a little bit. Barrett Bannister would come out and just fair catch everything, that's, which is better than fine. turnovers. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely, let's, let's send Mookie Cooper out. There's there a little better selection happens. of guys this year. Yeah, I think you'll see Cooper 
love it. Maybe even Jay Macklin um, out there returning punts. And Chris Abrams, Abrams Drain will probably get another shout at it as yeah. well. He's very, very, very fast. Yeah. Um, okay, so I kind of went out of order here. Forget the special teams. Um, include the special teams if you want. Throw them out. Uh, include special teams here if you want. Uh, rank the offensive position groups. We've got tight end, receiver, running back, and quarterback. Again, use whatever metric you want. Stability, upside, or just overall goodness. Well, again, um, I think that the the fifth place position here was pretty easy for me, and that's tight end, just because there's not as much production in that room. There's not really a go-to guy. The depth isn't as great, but there's certainly potential there. And so uh, that we'll call that the the uh, unit with the most room for improvement. Yeah, last place. <laughs> um, <laughs> in fourth, um, I put offensive line. Um, and you know, I think all these position groups are going to, I forgot about offensive line. They're on the other side of my page. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I noticed that. Okay. Go ahead. Offensive line fourth. I don't know. I mean, you could probably move these guys up. You could definitely make the argument that they're, that they should be higher. Solid, but not exciting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know what to do with quarterbacks here because if you're looking at the whole depth of the position, I decided to put them third. Um, obviously Connor Bazelak he had a good season last year he was a freshman he was the co-offensive freshman of the year whatever it is yeah Um, in the SEC in the SEC he had a solid season he wasn't amazing he didn't throw for 4,000 yards or anything or very many touchdowns Yeah, I think he threw for less than 10 touchdowns but um and he really needs to improve in the red zone he was not very good in the red zone last year Missouri was not good as a team in the red zone and that's something as a team they're going to have to improve on but um, I think that Bazelak, you'll I think they're going to turn him loose a little bit more this year. I think they're they trust him more. Um, I think he let him tr- cook. Let him cook. I think they he uh, he trusts his own knee probably more now than he did this time last year. He was coming off the ACL injury last year, mm-hmm. so and he didn't even win the starting job. Actually, he didn't even True. start the first game. So he's he's the guy now. He knows that. That'll always be a bizarre thing. That, that will always. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'll ever understand that. But <laughs> um, I still went ahead and just ranked him third here. But I would be happy if he yeah outperforms that rank absolutely um second i ranked running back mm-hmm. uh, i just think tyler Beatty. Uh, you know i you may have heard it before but i love tyler Beatty. um he's fantastic and i think elijah young is going to surprise people this year i think he's obviously hasn't played a lot just because of the incredible depth that we've had but um he's gonna make a name for himself i think and first i ranked wide receiver and that was pretty easy i think yeah. um just with an incredible amount of upside that that position group brings the talent the production the excitement meter is very high for the wide receiver room how would you feel about missouri right wide receivers if this was the squad that was rolling out mookie cooper dominic lovett barrett banister jj hester chance looper jay macklin boo smith michael wilson I mean, I feel good about it, but I definitely think what, who the two guys you left off, like Kiki Chisholm and, Kiki Chisholm and, and Tusky, Tusky Dove. Dove. Yeah, I just think I like um, what those two guys bring. I mean, they, they are just the bigger, uh, very reliable hands guys that I think that you listed off a lot of kind of speed guys, mm-hmm. but I really like what, what the consistency and the upside that those two guys bring. But yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd feel good about that room too. And then you, yeah, exactly. You just bring the perfect balance to that exactly. unit. A lot of a lot of different skill sets in that mm-hmm. group, and I think that's, that's different a good sizes, thing. different speeds. Love it, Dominic. Love it, Dominic. Love it. Uh, breakout offensive player. Then this one was a little bit tougher, just because we have so many returning players. Yeah. Um, 
I literally almost just want us to Tyler Beatty just because I think he can take that big of a step forward from what he's done in the past. I'm losing That's more. Fine. I've got That's too legitimate. many sheets here. Um, but I'll, I'll pick somebody that hasn't played quite as much and probably will this year. Man, it's tough to pick one of those young receivers just yeah. because there's so much depth. But I'll just I'll throw out JJ Hester. I think he's not he's not a guy that's gonna go catch a bunch of touchdowns this year or, or make a huge difference. But he's a guy that you that will take a big step this year. Now my choice here for offensive breakout player is hopeful. Um, but if this happens, it would mean really good things for Missouri's offense. And I am predicting a breakout season for Nico Hay if he can step up and be the receiving tight end that Missouri needs uh, going into now his junior season. If he can be a breakout player, take the next step, then this Missouri offense will be scary good and will be looking yeah. pretty. Yeah, I love that pick for sure. If if that were to happen, that would that would mean wonderful things. Okay. Man, we talked about a lot of players. Yeah, we did. We I really I, blitzed through that. I could yeah, exactly. I felt like we went fast. I could keep going on yeah. a lot of that stuff for quite a while. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Missouri roster. That's what we're working with. And more specifically, those are the players that Kyle and I will be choosing from next week when we do our three-on-three draft. That's uh, if you haven't been around for that before, it's kind of unique. We're how yeah. many? What? How many? What? Three-on-three? Oh, seven-on-seven <laughs> draft. Three-on-three is basketball. Three-on-three basketball draft with football players. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Uh, We'd have seven-on-seven. Seven. Yes. NFL Street video game style. So the players that we draft for our squads have to play both sides of the ball. I just want to mention that I picked Sean Robinson last year. That was a good pick. And I said that he would play safety when he was on defense no for way. me. I did. Wow. And he, in fact, is now a safety. Wow. So That's I think, some kind of parallel universe thing. Yeah. I peeked into it and saw that he could be a safety. Yeah. Whoever gets that first pick, I think I know who they're going to pick most likely. Yeah. But we'll, so. but we'll get to that uh, whenever that happens. Is that next week or two next weeks? Next week. Okay. I believe. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, this this stuff is so fun to talk about. It's kind of what we just have to stew on for months and months of the offseason, and we just have to daydream about guys that take that next step. But mm-hmm. that's that's what excites me. That's uh, get, That gets me going for sure. So that first week, just seeing the, the new guys out there in the, in the uniform. In the and, new uniforms. And just, I don't know. I don't care who scores. Nope. I'm just I'm excited for, for whoever it is. It's, it's fun to see those guys yeah. um, progress in their careers and and uh, perform for, for Ole Mizzou. Next week, we'll also be breaking down the entire schedule, previewing each game, giving our picks, our overall record predictions. So come back for that. Um, other than that, I think that'll do it for this week. We're very close. Can't Get, wait. Getting fun. All right, everybody. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above, Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, and Daddy JD. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.